Do I look fat? Welcome to the Do I Look Fat podcast. It's your girl, Steffi Kiss. We're still in Rona season. We don't know what day it is, and literally everything is just jumbling together. As you guys know, I'm considered an essential worker, so since I'm going to work part-time, there is still some structure in my life, but bruh, it's hard as hell. My sleep schedule is completely out of whack. Like, Literally, I know that I have to be at work at, let's say, 1030. I'm not getting into bed until like 4, 430. And that's ridiculous for me. Like, if you need to know one thing about me is that I like my fucking sleep. I do not like to be tired. I do not like to be groggy. I hate that shit. I don't know if it's because I'm 34. I don't know if it's because I'm just over staying up late. I need my fucking sleep and this shit is ridiculous. The fact that I'm only getting four to five hours of sleep a night, bruh, I'm I'm a firm believer of eight hours of sleep. I am counting to make sure that I am getting my eight hours. If I have to get up at six, best believe I'm gonna be in my bed by 10. It is not a joke. (laughs) I do not play when it comes to sleep. And I feel like within the past month, I don't think I've been to bed or even been to sleep before 2 a.m. I don't stay up past 11 ever. Like, it'll be Friday night, midnight rolls around, and I'm just like, hmm, time to cuddle up in my bed. I've been up since six. Like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the the mental capacity to stay up late anymore, except for now. Now I am up watching TV. I am up sending out emails, working on projects. I am just doing all types of things. Right now it's 10:52 and I'm here recording this episode for you guys. Why? Because I just feel like this whole quarantine situation just has my mind running and it just doesn't stop. So I'm just trying to keep myself busy and not think about the fact that I have to be up at eight o'clock to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> um, so as you guys know, I usually start my podcast off with some random questions. You guys are still getting to know me. We're only three episodes in. I can't believe this is the third episode. I'm so excited. But yeah, I know you guys are still getting to know me. So I have a couple of questions that I randomly pick out of a jar. <laughs> I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me say that. But okay, so we're going to do three questions today. Question number one, do you get along with your parents? Okay, so yes and no. I love my mom. She is my best friend. She is my rock. I couldn't do what I do on a daily basis without her, truthfully. Um, She's always been there for me. I love her to death. Do anything for her. My dad, now... It's not that I hate the man because I let go of that hate a long time ago, but I just don't fuck with him. You know, like there's just some people you don't fuck with. And while it's funny, I get this question today because my sister, Amanda, she is actually a film producer. She is producing this documentary about people who, you know, their everyday life even though they're living with trauma and what that trauma is and how they're coping with it and have they accepted it. It's 
this whole documentary she's been working on and it's going to be bomb. It had to be delayed a little bit because of, you know, the whole quarantine situation, but it'll be coming out soon and you should definitely check it out. But one of the actual interviewees was our dad and she sent me the clip this morning. And it's funny because I wrote these questions out like two weeks ago. Like I have not added questions since I filmed my first episode. Um, So it's funny that I get that question today. And I listened to it. And while it hurt me, if y'all know from episode one, I am a fucking crybaby. I cry for anything. I didn't cry. I think I've reached the point with him that he just can't bring me to that level of hurt anymore. So yeah, um, to answer the question, do I get along with my parents? Uh, I get along with my mom. You know, we bicker, we argue from time to time, but I love that bitch. That's my road dog. Um, My dad, mm, no beef, but I really just don't fuck with him. All right, so on to question number two. What is one food you'd never give up? Oh, that's easy. Lasagna. Point blank period. I don't need to eat lasagna all the time, but there's so many variations of lasagna that you can do to make it a little bit healthier. And plus, it's just bomb as fuck. You have pasta, you have sauce, you have cheese, you have some type of meat or filler. It could be vegetables. You have two types of cheese. You have mozzarella and you have ricotta because if you don't have ricotta cheese in your lasagna, you're a dub. Sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody, but you're a dub if you do not have ricotta cheese in your lasagna. Like, it's lasagna, bro. This isn't baked ziti. And in New York, we say baked ziti when it's really baked ziti. Listen, I know we sound crazy, but that's what it is. Um, Yeah, this isn't baked ziti. Like, you need ricotta cheese, you need mozzarella cheese, and you need your, your meat, whether it's a ground steak or ground sirloin maybe you want to add some italian sausage in there for fun you know whatever the case may be but as you can tell i fucking love lasagna and lasagna is literally my favorite food my all-time favorite food is lasagna like literally my mom makes it for my birthday every year and you know she's a real one to make it for my birthday in the middle of july (laughs) all right um who was the cat that loved lasagna the cartoon was it Garfield? <laughs> Yo, shout out to Carla's Circle because we was dead talking about like Garfield and Heathcliff earlier today. But I fucking love lasagna. Lasagna is my favorite food, and it's just something I can never give up because even if like let's say I was to go vegan, which I never would because I love cheese. But let's say for let's say I was to go vegetarian, you can make a vegetarian lasagna. What? You put some spinach in the ricotta cheese? Bitch, listen, you could fuck that shit up. You can fuck up a lasagna. Like, there's so many ways you could switch it up. It's just bomb. Lasagna is delicious. You can make it healthy. You can make it super duper fattening. You can make it savory. Like, it is bomb, and I would never give it up. Okay, so question number two. What is your favorite workout? Okay. All right. So I'm going to answer this question. I'm going to give this two answers. My favorite workout or the workout that I find gives me the most satisfaction as far as like accomplishing something is definitely running. 
when I first started running and I started getting like miles in and actually like, you know, beating myself with every race, like I was literally at my peak, like when I was running consistently, I was running an 11 minute mile. I think I got down to like 1040 or something like that. That might've been my fastest. And I was so proud of myself. We're talking about someone who it took 21 minutes to like run a mile. And we're not even talking about running at this point. Like we're literally just walking around the track. I might do a little sprint, a little jog, but I'm basically walking around that track. And that's probably honest to God when I start running again, because I will. I'm putting this out in the podverse now. I am going to start running again. And once I start running again, it's not really running. It's like a fast walk. But that's okay because I'm going to get down to my, I'm going to get down to a 12 minute mile. Without a doubt, I'm going to get down to a 12 minute mile. And if I can push it to a 10 minute mile, more power to me. So when I was actually like on it and running, when I was working on um, running my 100 miles for my 30th birthday, that's when, you know, I was doing it so often. Muscle memory, it's a real fucking thing. And you just get faster and you get better. So I feel like that is the most gratifying workout. But the workout I love for my body, because when I run, I don't like how my body looks. It's not my thing. What's better for me body-wise is lifting weights with a cardio superset. So I would do whatever weightlifting move I was going to do, whether it's squats, whether it's um, rows, whether it's deadlifts, whatever the case may be, I'm going to do my set. And then in between sets, I'll do a little cardio session. So I'll jump rope for a minute. I'll do jumping jacks for a minute jump lunges, jump squats, burpees, whatever the case is, whatever I'm working on, whatever I'm trying to target for that day. So what I usually do is, and I'm not a trainer, but this is just shit I learned throughout my journey. I would, if I'm working on legs, so if I'm doing squats, I'm going to superset maybe with a burpee because then I'll get my upper body into it and vice versa. If I'm super, if I'm working on my arms and I'm doing like you know, rows, then I'm going to maybe do jump, jumping lunges. And so I can work my legs, but in a cardio way, if that makes sense. So those types of exercises just work great for my body specifically. And that's my favorite type of workout for that. But it's two different things. Like one, actually, I feel more accomplished than when I'm just um, lifting the weights. I love the way my body looks, but it doesn't give me the same gratification as running those miles did, quite honestly. So we're going to go into our first segment. As you know, it's Eat Your Heart Out. This week, we're going to talk about the J.J. Smith 10-Day Green Smoothie Cleanse. Basically, this is a smoothie diet where you're only drinking smoothies. You are not eating any meals. All of your meals are replaced by a green smoothie. These smoothies include different types of green leafy vegetables plus fruits. So we're talking spinach, kale, mixed greens, arugula, which I hate arugula, but um, bananas, pears, oranges, apples, honeydew, grapes, berries, things like that. And you're making different smoothies for each day. Um, 
there are a list of approved snacks that you can eat in between the actual smoothies. So like you can drink your smoothie in the morning, have a midday snack. The list of approved snacks includes hard-boiled eggs, tuna, apples, almond or peanut butter, and veggies. So for example, let's say you have your smoothie in the morning. You can have two hard-boiled eggs as a pseudo breakfast or just a mid-morning snack. You can have um, some type of tuna situation. Um, You could have apples and peanut butter. You can have whatever you want in the middle of the day. And then you can have your the rest of your smoothie at night. When I did the diet back in 2016, I didn't split it up three ways. I literally just drank one smoothie in the morning and one smoothie at night. So I would eat my food or my quote unquote snacks throughout the day. And then I would have my smoothies in the morning and then at night. Let me tell you, like I said, I tried this back in 2016 and it definitely works. It's not the type of diet that I would say that you can do it all the time and expect the same results. You know, it's never bad to drink green smoothies. Like, let's be honest. These smoothies are packed with nutrition, packed with vitamins and all these essential nutrients. So it's never a bad idea to drink these smoothies, but don't expect the same results as the first time you did it. The first time I tried this cleanse was back in 2016. I think I lost around 12 pounds in the 10 days. Um, but let me tell you, my face broke out because of literally all of the toxins leaving my body. I had huge pimples all over my face. It was kind of ridiculous and it was definitely disgusting. I've never in my life suffered from acne. So when that was happening to me, I was just like, what? I didn't know what to do. I was so stressed out and it was literally only like maybe a week or two, but I just couldn't handle it. And it sounds crazy, but it was, to me, it was just like, oh my God, like this is a side effect of it. Um, I did have a lot more energy towards the end of, of the cleanse. I definitely felt less sluggish. I felt like, um, I think by day, like five or six, I actually had energy in the morning to go for a run, which is crazy because at that time, um, I was dating this guy and I had fallen off so bad when it came to like my workouts and when it came to following my diet. Um, at this point in my life, I was still under 200 pounds, but I had gained weight since my relationship had started, which I don't understand why it happens to me, but I get into this cycle of laziness when I get into a relationship. Like I don't go to the gym as often, or I'm just not as motivated as I was, or I'm eating like shit because you know, we're eating this and we're eating that and we're going here and we're going to the movies. And it's just, I need to figure out a way basically to, if I'm in a relationship with someone who isn't health conscious and into the same shit that I'm trying to be into, I have to learn to separate myself from them because I can't steer away from my goals because I'm in a relationship. That sounds fucking ridiculous. And that's honestly something I'm really trying to work on. And it's something that I want to work on routine. I'm actually joining. I signed up for a 40 day challenge in May with train with Jay Lopez on Instagram. I'll tag all of his information down below. He is a personal trainer based out of Atlanta and the owner of the basement gym. He's 
had been promoting this 40-day weight loss challenge, but it also has like a an immune boosting detox, which I was very into. Like, I just feel like I need a kickstart and really get my shit together, get my life together. And I need to start a routine around things that I find extremely important in my life. Extremely important. My son, my business, my podcast, my home, my health, my fitness, all of this is very, very important to me. And I need to get that shit together before I can even do anything else at this point. So I'm I'm very excited. He is, he seems very knowledgeable. I've been following him for a couple of months on Instagram, not only just about fitness, but also about nutrition. Like I said, he has this immune boosting detox. And I know that's just like, Everybody wants an immune booster because Corona is here, but not even that. Like, this is something that I would use in the future, even when it's not, you know, a quarantine and I don't want to just build my immune system. Like, sometimes I just like to do these detoxes and these cleanses because it's just something that I've picked up in the past and I know that when I do it, it makes me feel better. Um... Getting into a routine is very important to me at this point in my life. And that actually leads me into my next segment, which is hard on my sleeve. The last time we spoke, um, I told you guys about the trials and tribulations that I went through after trying to schedule my consultation with the surgeon for my vertical sleeve gastrectomy. And I basically had been rescheduled twice. I couldn't get an appointment. Like it was this whole big thing. Luckily I ended up switching doctors and I was at least able to have my consultation before quarantine. I had my consultation. I want to say on a Tuesday by the following Wednesday, we were in quarantine. So I was very lucky at least to have that. So I know what it is that I should be looking forward to as you know, it's COVID All of the hospitals are overrun with patients with the virus, so everything is put off indefinitely. I'm not expecting to have the surgery in 2020, and I quite frankly wouldn't want it in 2020 until the hospitals can assure me that they're fine with their overload of patients. I'm not trying to do anything elective. Like, it's just not the time for it. So I went to my appointment. There is a lot of paperwork guys like if there's one thing I can I can tell you is that their packet of like demographic sheets and it's like 12 pages long so they did send it to me ahead of time but my dumbass, I didn't even look at the email I was so bad at looking at my emails I've gotten better but I was so bad at looking at my emails it's terrible so I didn't fill it out beforehand I'm there for at least 25 minutes, at least 25 minutes filling out these forms. And I'm there like laughing to myself because I work for a doctor as well. And you wouldn't even understand how many times these patients bitch and moan about filling out two and a half sheets of paper and signing one. It's so ridiculous. Mind you, I'm here filling out a whole fucking Bible for the bariatric doctor. And like, These people are really, truly complaining every single time they want to bitch and moan and suck their teeth. It's really out of hand. But yeah, so if I can recommend one thing is filling out the information before you get there, because a lot of the stuff I didn't even know off the top of my head, like they were asking me questions, questions. I had to look back into like my insurance. It was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. 
Um, so I met with the doctor. He was very nice. He was very knowledgeable. He sent me a lot of information. Um, but technically based on my BMI, I do not qualify for the surgery as of yet. I, like I said, and like I knew I was basically at the cusp of where you go to qualify. My BMI ended up being 38.7 and it's supposed to be above 40. So I was literally right there. Had I weighed probably like seven more pounds, I would have qualified for the surgery. But like I said in prior episodes, it's not only just a BMI above 40, which is the body mass index. It could also be a BMI over 35 with other medical issues. So he asked me, he was like, would you want to do a full workup, you know, just to see what's going on? It's almost time for me to have my physical anyway. So I'm down for it. You know, he wants to check everything. Um, He wants to do a complete physical, an endoscopy. I have to meet with a nutritionist. Um, I need a psychological evaluation and all of this just so I can potentially get approved with my insurance company. Now, if I do, then I have to either maintain my weight or lose weight for the next six months. I cannot gain a single pound. They want you to have monthly weigh-ins, which can be hard for some people because, I know me included, depending on what's going on in my life, my stress levels, my energy levels, my activity levels, what's going on with me, I can gain weight without even putting any work into it. Like I can literally eat the same way I've been eating, but because my stress is elevated or because I'm just a little bit less active than I was two weeks ago, I'll gain weight. So the fact that they're saying like, you have to maintain your weight. We have to know what's going on with you. We have to know that you can do this and you're in it for the long haul. They have you see a nutritionist. They have you come in from monthly weigh-ins. You have to see a psychologist to make sure your mind is right and to make sure that, you know, maybe it's something with your relationship with food that makes you this way. And if it is that way, you have to fix that before having the surgery because the power of the mind is bigger than any other organ in the body. If you still have these issues in your mind, no physical surgery you can do can undo that. That is something you have to take care of on your own. So it's just, it's great that they have all of these rules in my opinion. And I know some people will feel like it's a lot, it takes a lot of work, but the surgery takes a lot of work. The aftercare, the rest of your life will take a lot of work. So if you don't want to put in the work now, why would the surgeon believe that you're going to put in the work later? And then also like insurance companies, they're not going to want to pay for something that you're just going to fuck up at the end of the day point blank period if they pay for this surgery and then you end up you know going back and gaining all the weight back and now you're diabetic again you have hypertension and these are all things that the insurance company is going to have to pay for and in their pockets and in their minds they're not going to put up the money for a weight loss surgery if they don't think that you can actually do it and dedicate your life to what it means to have this type of procedure. Like I said, because of COVID, everything is being pushed back. So that's why I'm really looking forward to this 40-day challenge. It 
helps to keep me active. It helps to um, eat properly because I have been struggling, you guys. I have been struggling. I, I want to get to a point where all aspects of my life I'm doing well because it's like if I'm doing well creatively, I'm eating like shit. If I'm eat, if I'm exercising and eating correctly, then I have no social life. If my social life is great and my business is great creatively, then, and I'm eating right, then I'm not spending enough time with my son. It's just, I know it's that I put a lot on myself and I know I expect a lot from myself, but I'm really just trying to get into some type of routine. I have a routine now. I was actually speaking to my mom earlier today and I told her, now during this whole corona time when i get up out of my bed i make my bed as soon as i get up i make my bed and that's when i start my day because if not i can literally spend the whole day in my bed especially if i'm home alone i won't eat until six seven o'clock at night eating is not a priority for me but i can lay in that bed and i can sleep all day and that is not good for me i need to get up i need to take a shower i need to work on projects that I have pending. Maybe I can go work out when the weather breaks. I can go to the park and run around the track, you know, practicing social distancing, but fuck it. If the white people can run, so the fuck can I? And just do these things that I know I should be doing and I just need to motivate myself to do so. When it comes to motivation, honestly, I get them in all types of ways, whether it be, um, friends and family cheering me on whether it be me on this podcast telling you guys that I'm trying to, I'm going to do this challenge and you guys will hold me accountable I know you guys will like bitch did you do your workout did you eat your whatever <laughs> whatever the fuck you're supposed to be doing your little detox shit I know you guys will hold me hold me accountable you may not say shit to me but I know you think it in your head when you hear these podcasts you're like so I wonder if this girl is really doing what she said she was gonna do so I find motivation wherever I can. And someone who has actually motivated me quite a lot during this whole journey of body positivity is my fatty of the week. I changed the name from unapologetically fat to fatty because I thought that was cute. Um, so this week's fatty is Mandy B, aka Full Court Pumps, aka Peg the Stallion. She is one half of the Horrible Decisions podcast. She is extremely successful. She also had vertical sleeve gastrectomy, I want to say about two years ago, maybe two and a half. I have been listening to her for a while. And guys, she just exudes so much confidence, whether it was before her procedure or after the procedure. She always slays. And you can just tell, like, she's so comfortable to just be her. You know, everyone has their insecurities. Everyone has things that they want to change about themselves. But you can always tell when someone is comfortable within themselves, regardless of their insecurities. Her podcast, Horrible Decisions, is an extremely sex positive podcast that works to destigmatize sex within the Black community. And I just think that's great, honestly. You know, I grew up in a household where we didn't talk about sex, really. Like, my mom taught me the logistics about sex, you know, birds and the bees. She took me to get birth control when I was young, all of that. And, you know, she was very open in that way, but we didn't talk about 
actual sex and the act of sex and the desires around it. Like it still is, I wouldn't say frowned upon, but it's kind of like that's whole shit, (laughs) you know, when it really shouldn't be. Now I'm not saying like you're going to have whole on porno conversations with your kids, but I don't think sex should be something that's so put down as being dirty that that's not healthy in my opinion and horrible decisions definitely tries to fight these type of stigmas against sex and kinks so not just sex but also kinks as well while i don't agree with everything she says because bruh like legit she doesn't even believe in science and it's hilarious because if you listen to her podcast she just goes into these tangents about how nah bruh I don't fucking believe in science bruh (laughs) and it's fucking hilarious but that's just part of her personality as well like you know she's an intelligent girl but she's just funny and she is never scared to say what she thinks And that's something that I've definitely tried to work on. I am not confrontational whatsoever, like at all. I literally would just be like, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to talk to this person no more. And we never have to speak again. And I'm really trying to work on it. And I have been working on it in the past couple of years. So recently she went on a rant on one of her episodes and she was talking about um, social distancing during this COVID time. Now, Mandy is from the Bronx. So the shit she was saying on that episode, like I feel her a hundred percent. She is tired of being, of seeing people outside when we're supposed to be in quarantine. She's tired of people not social distancing because it's extending everything even longer than it has to be. At the moment, yeah, we're supposed to open up in May I honestly don't see it happening. And even if it does happen, y'all could be outside, not me. You won't catch me outside until all of the golf courses are open, all of the beach clubs are open, all of that white shit, until all of that opens, that's when I'll be outside. Because honestly, they're they're opening up the hood as if we're fucking test dummies to see how fast it can spread in the second wave. Fuck that. We're already fucking high risk. And the fact that some people don't even realize, like, you are not helping flatten the curve. You're not helping to flatten the curve. We need to fucking get past this until there's some type of vaccine, some type of medication. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Whether you think it's man-made or whatever the case may be or some type of... um conspiracy that the government just wants to keep us in the house people are dying at the end of the day if it's man-made or nature-made we need something to control it at the end of the day so this leads me into my own question regarding this covid because what i really want to know is are y'all dead ass Why do people find it so hard to social distance during this COVID era? Why? Not practicing social distancing is literally making everything worse. There's no way to guarantee if someone is not sick or just carrying the virus. It pisses me off because like, I get it. People miss their loved ones. I get it. People miss human interactions. 
I get it. People miss physical touch. I understand. But wouldn't you rather see your loved ones in, let's say, six months instead of watching a funeral via Zoom in two weeks? Not to sound fucking morbid, but guys, that's literally what it is. Like, you're going to these gatherings, you're going to these dinners, you're going to these block parties, you're going to these double dates, you're going to these game nights, you're doing all of these things, and you don't realize how you could be fucking spreading the disease. And that is the fucking problem. Like, no one can see past their, like, four degrees of separation from themselves. Oh, I'm going to be good, so who cares? Do you understand how fucking selfish that is? Let me just put this into perspective for you. Let's say, for example, you and your boo are plotting. She wants some quarantine. Y'all just planning on meeting up. One of you is positive for coronavirus, but you're both very healthy and are not not showing symptoms. Now you went over there, you did what you did, and now both of you are carrying the virus. You go home, you live by yourself. So you're like, I'm good. I just went over there and came back home. I didn't stop at the store. I cook all my meals at home. It's not even a big deal. I bet. Now you're an essential worker, right? So you get on the train. You've been wearing the same three masks for the past three weeks because if nurses can't get PPE, who's the, who, the people in the street ain't really getting PPE. So you've been wearing the same mask, same bandana, same scarf for the past three weeks. Now, because of that, it is no longer as effective as it was when you first got it. So you're sitting on the train. Somebody walks in with a heavy ass perfume and you sneeze. Because your mask is not 100% effective, even if it was brand new, shit can come out, particles in the air, all that shit. Sitting, standing across from you because a bus or a train only comes every half an hour, so there's still people on the trains. She is a single mom. Now she has the virus. But again, she's young. She's healthy. She has no health issues. You, She doesn't even know she's sick. But you know who gets sick? The lady on the second floor who watches her kids who's 62 years old with hypertension. And all of this is something that can definitely happen. That was only three degrees of separation. Each person can infect up to 20 people. Each of those 20 people can infect up to 20 people. If you don't have to be outside, then don't go outside. Even if you are an essential worker, go to work and come home. Do the essential errands. Go food shopping. Go to the pharmacy. Get your medication. But people are out here fucking going to game night and getting haircuts? Y'all really need to get your priorities together. And I don't want to sound preachy. I really, truly don't. But... If you can't see outside or just don't want to see outside anyone outside of the four degrees of separation past yourself, that's honest to God, the real sickness. I just want everyone to stay safe. I want everyone to be healthy. I want us to get past this time so we can at least enjoy summer 2021 because summer 2020 is a dub, (laughs) a complete another dub. But thank you so much for tuning into episode three of the Do I Look Fat podcast. You can follow the podcast page, Fine and Thick Pod, just like how it sounds, 
or my personal Instagram, which is underscore Steffi Kiss, S-T-E-P-H-Y-K-I-S-S. I will link everything down below. Thank you for listening. Hope you listen to the next episode. It's going to be bomb. See you next time. Smooches. <laughs>